Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So then do you think that education is overpriced? Yes. Mm. 100%. You cannot skirt around doing the work and you cannot skirt around having a practical plan that works for yourself. Works for you. You know, let's actually talk about it. Why is it that educated women are always seen as a threat? Hello, and welcome to the To My Sisters podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Renee, and we are your online big sisters and hosts of the To My Sisters podcast. We are all about promoting the wellness, growth, and development of a community of sisters across the world. And in today's conversation, we are going to be talking about education and academic success. Many of you have asked us over the past few weeks, mm-hmm. and today we're going to be unpacking our university experience. Experiences. We're also going to be talking about the utility of education for women in today's world. Mm. To be a boss babe, do you really have to have a degree? Nice. I'm really excited for this one. This is going to be good. This is going to be Don't good. Don't respect all. You know, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> but before we go into the meat and bones of the conversation yeah. itself, we have a what ding, ding, ding dilemma. It's a dilemma. So, hey, sisters. Hey, girls. Hey, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> Love your channel and everything TMS stands for. Aww. It feels like a breath of fresh air and the content I never knew I needed. Aww, oh, dude, so nice. I that's so nice. <laughs> so sweet. For my dilemma, I'm a grown woman in my late 20s and oh. I really appreciate that sisterhood, as you guys promote, is an important relationship to cultivate. Mm. I love your friendship. However, I'm a little bit nervous to shoot my friendship shot. Mm. I don't have old friends like that that are super close to me. How and what do you recommend for sisters who are looking to grow greater intimate friendships? Oh, wow. That's actually so nice. I I love that. Shoot your friendship shot. Yeah. I think that's so important. I think it's literally as simple as like anyone in your, around you, in proximity to you, who you think is cool, mm-hmm. um, send them a message and just be like, hey, like I really admire what it is that you're doing. Obviously, you don't say I would love for us to be friends. That's so <laughs> primary school. But like... Um, do you want to go out for a coffee? Mm. Is there any way that I can support you? Could we just like kind of catch up and just, I want to know more about your story and if there's any way that I could help. And I think that those genuine um, initiations of letting know sincerely, I want to be, letting people know that sincerely you want to be a part of their life Mm -hmm. in some way and, and, just be a part of their journey and their story and just making those intentions clear, keeping your heart pure mm. um, and just being available to help in whatever capacity you can build nice and strong relationships. Yeah. Um, you know, share your personality, share your humor, bond, have laughs, go to the cinema, build 100%. memories and experiences. And it, it builds up over time. I mean, we've been friends for about seven years, about seven years something like that. Yeah. yeah so it, it Built with experience and with time, you build memories, you go through certain seasons together, and that's what solidifies, you know, strong friendship and sisterhood. But it starts with just putting yourself out there, you know, mm. not being too shy Absolutely. and letting somebody know, you know, I am open to being a friend and then being friendly. 
to people. Oh, How about you? What do you? I think, think that's beautiful. And first of all, I just want to acknowledge that this is such a lovely question. Like, it's I think really we, nice. Honestly, we focus so much on romantic relationships yeah. that we just forget like sisterhood and friendships and all that kind of and how important it is so much fun as well like i promise you it's great um i would say definitely i definitely resonate with everything that you said i really Mm. approach it as you would approach dating almost yes be super intentional about asking people for their time and say hey as courtney said i'd like to catch up over coffee or maybe just have a conversation Mm. um and really talk and get to know the person first like it's basically almost you know, having an audition, a double audition for like a sister. Or yeah. A in your family. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really cool um, to be able to, to do that. With yeah. hundred so percent. Go somewhere nice or even do an activity. If you feel that comfortable, go bowling or something competitive. Mm. Um, so that there's not so much um, pressure to yeah. speak. Um, and I find that when you go on activity dates with people, you really get to know the real them. Yeah. Because when they, you know, when someone's in competition. Yeah. When you're fighting them, yeah. that's when you see the real them. Um, so true. So try and do something fun um, and make yourself uncomfortable in that, like taking that first move. You'll mm. definitely don't see yourself as a beg because I feel mm. like a lot of people aren't super forthcoming with friendships and yeah. linking with other people because they feel like they're going to seem like a beg. Yeah, seem annoying exactly. or like they're just trying to leech. Exactly. So I would definitely say reach out. Having said that, make sure you've established some kind of foundation or reason for reaching out as yeah. well. Because sometimes it can be a bit weird if like you're just reaching out to somebody random. They've yeah. never interacted with your content. They've never like, inter- you've never interacted with them in any kind of setting. Yeah. You have no mutual friends. Yeah. Make sure that there's some some kind this of... This is it. You, you need proximity. Exactly. I think when it comes to, you can, like, for example, I often will get people message me who are like watchers of my content. They'll be like, can we be friends? Mm. It's hard to be friends when there's no proximity yeah. to each yeah. other. Like, obviously we are online big sisters and you can have that through media and all of those things. Yeah. But to actually be sisters and to be friends um, that you need, that is a real rich relationship you need some degree of proximity and that might not just be locational but that sometimes helps you know being able to like we said meet up and do all those things it don't need it doesn't need to be really famous people it doesn't need to be influencers it doesn't need to be you know i i I observe what you're doing in your career with your projects and i like that Mm -hmm. um it's not about building transactional relationships here Mm -hmm. it's about building relationships and that can often be done with the people around you like colleagues um people that are mutual friends literally like you said mutual friends friends of friends who's like i've seen you around i've seen you hang out with this person that's also my friend you know i want to know more about you um and and i think it's beautiful that way because it's it's the people that god has brought to cross your path Mm. you know and and though if that's worth exploring yeah, yeah i think that's beautiful that's a nice question that's though sis. Question, i hope you do find friendship i think another thing as well sorry is drop any fears that you have around trusting people yes i think yes, that yes, it, yes. it's super oh, like sometimes when it's romantic relationships it's easy because we're attracted we're infatuated we yeah. like the romance and stuff but with yeah. friendships none of those things are really there so you actually need to kind of drop your guard down and you you may be thinking like but why mm. but it's because you know vulnerability in friendship helps friendships become stronger yeah. and you don't have to be vulnerable straight off the bat but no if you are trying to build a relationship with someone you need to display your true self and as time goes on the more people prove that they are trustworthy mm. you can reveal more and more and allow them to get 
get closer and closer into shaping who you are and dealing with um, the things that you are going through Mm. in life. But if you are somebody who maybe has been dealing with like trust issues or maybe you kind of lost a lot of friends or people did you wrong or you've just been kind of a bit of a just somebody who's very on their own you've yeah. been a bit recluse and yeah. you you've been doing things on your own you've trusted in yourself you've trusted yourself and mm. now you're trying to trust other people that is a massive learning curve and i think you have to constantly recheck like where you are in trusting people um and constantly kind of expanding those and exploring those boundaries mm. so yeah get open to trusting people and, and loving people again yeah. functionally functionally yeah. i absolutely love that because i think it was a couple of like days ago um i tweeted something that was like a realization that i don't want to do this life alone mm. and i think it's important that we recognize that there's so many different ways that we can journey with yeah. people romantic relationships obviously being one of them but there's just something beautiful about having a community of people but specifically having friends sisters around Mm. you to share that journey with so yeah it's beautiful yeah that that was a a really good dilemma that's a great dilemma a great one a great one we wish you all the best in your relationships and your friendships like sisters like we really want this to be a space where you guys can meet connect and create meaningful friendships so. yeah you know i can't wait for us to do like actual link up honestly like this pandemic sis get out of the way okay um but i can't wait for us to do like things where we could actually link up with the sisterhood yeah. and wherever you are in the world and just allow you to kind of mingle not just with us but with each other this and find it. friendships there as well this is it oh goodness that'll be great coming soon don't worry corona your your days are numbered hopefully. numbered hopefully numbered. Hopefully, please be numbered <laughs> but now to go into the meaty yes the weighty topics the conversation at hand. um and we're going to be talking about education and university yay so miss courtney yes ma'am was going to university important oh for yeah, you yeah yeah and why yes it was mm-hmm. the university was really important um I have African parents. Um, and <laughs> Case closed, that's it. Yeah, and in being a child of dias- the diaspora, second generation immigrant. <laughs> Not the child of the diaspora, coming you, with that spoken you kind word. Of, L-O-L. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Going to university, you kind of have no choice per yep. se. Yeah. Um, because it was, it's something that's seen as accessible to you. But also I think it was always emphasized as this is a mode of social mobility. Mm. And if you want, you know, better life chances, a better future, um, do well academically. And that's kind of why I pursued like strengthening my intellectual capabilities and Mm. like going to university, doing well in secondary school, all of those things. Cause I knew like literally be all and end all of it is, if you want to make money, if you want to be comfortable, if you want to feel secure, um, you've got to get an education. And that's kind of how it was painted out to me. And I made the most use of that. So going to university for me was actually important. And I think the social mobility aspect was why. Mm. How about you? Very much a similar story insofar as like social mobility. Um, Child of the diaspora, I won't lie. That's definitely something that resonates strongly. Child of the diaspora. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was definitely important insofar as like social mobility. Um, And also thinking about like my own personal story Mm. um, of the women in my family. Mm. We've had a long line of women having to kind of like give up um, 
their education mm. for various other things, right. whether it be to, you know, raise a family or leave the country and all of that good stuff. So for me, it was very much a, I'm going to be that one kid, that that first female. The curse breaker. The curse breaker. <laughs> generational breaker. Love Hallelujah. Um, I was going to be the one that, you know, went to school and did it all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, university. And well done. Oh, thank you, ma'am. Well done. Because well, you not you. only did it, you did it well. <laughs> you said, I'm a set president. <laughs> If you don't know, just to give ready, because oh, I know she goodness. won't say it. Here we go. Renee, like you come from a background, like you said, like you, I don't think your parents went to uni. Yeah. Yeah. And like, but sis went to Oxford. Then you did your master's at Harvard. And now your younger sister's going to Cambridge. Woo-hoo. And like, it's all these things of once you do it, once you go through all the hardship to do something that hasn't been done, yeah. you open up a door to possibilities 100%. for future generations, those 100%. close to you and those coming. So well done. And Thank and you. I really pray, in fact, I know that the generations that you'll give birth to and that are after you will be so thankful that you did it. Yeah. So thankful well, that you did it. Don't be out here making me cry. I'm screaming. <laughs> we only a couple of minutes in. <laughs> Get you a Courtney, Ashley, now get you somebody else because Courtney. <laughs> that is so dead. <laughs> I always say this. I'm just like everyone's. Like, oh, Courtney's so lovely. She's mine. She's not up for sale. She's not up for sale. I'm um, currently employed as a blessed fully full time <laughs> for the long haul. <laughs> Maybe you can have her daughter, <laughs> but not her. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, it, it resonates so strongly because, yeah, being able to leverage these opportunities and do something different, mm. create a new narrative. Education was definitely fundamental to my journey. Yeah. I've been doing that. And hopefully, God willing, yeah. like my next generation. It'll be sure. very interesting to see what the generation after us will do. Quickly. No so limits. No stay, limits. Stay tuned for that. Um, but thinking a bit more practically around mm. education and all of that good stuff. Was it worth the coins? The monies? Bags. Student debt. <laughs> the funny thing is, we were literally talking about student debt just before this episode. <laughs> so I paid around, I spent around what, 40 grand on my education, not out of my pocket, obviously loans. <laughs> um, was it worth that much money? Yes and no. Okay. Yes and no. Mm-hmm. There are elements of going to university, especially the universities we went to, yep. that taught that opened up certain doors which could be seen as priceless Mm -hmm. right in terms of the social network that you're exposed to and also just going to university the way it makes you think you're a critical thinker Mm, though you may have like expert knowledge about maybe not expert knowledge but you've got knowledge about a specific field the way you now know how to research the way you know now know how to learn and discover things and and um pose arguments and conduct yourself and then being in a social environment where you're developing your own thoughts and you're invi- you're interacting with people that you may not have from where like obviously going to education you're kind of you're in the same class with the same people for seven years yeah, right yeah. you go to the same school in the same area for your entire childhood then you might go to university far away from you or even in your local area where now people from around the world are going to that place mm. so you're exposed to so many different um cultures you're exposed to so many different life experiences from yours that it does make you a more rounded a better rounded human being mm. i think those elements of university make it worth the money Mm. however those experiences can be gained in other places so I think for me and this might be controversial I think the only reason why university was really worth it 
worth the money was. When I was there, I was able to leverage on non-academic things. That leverage paid off. That's what I would say for Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. Um, The academic parts of it, the reason why I say that might not have been as worth it was because I don't necessarily work in my field now. I might in the future, but I study political and social sciences. Though we give political and social commentary on here, which is cool. It's not like I don't work in the civil service. I'm not, I've got friends that, you know, work in certain offices of big, big people. Like they, they're involved in politics. They're involved in um, things to do with social issues and social policy and stuff like that. Mm. That's not me. I'm in the media. I'm in entrepreneurship. I don't, I don't do those things though it helps sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's why I would say like, and because I didn't go down the route of academia, I didn't get like further um, education. Yeah. The academics might not have been there, but the other values that you get from university made it worth it for me. Mm. But I will definitely say, like I said, those things can be got other way in other places for less money. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. Especially because the, the the role of university is really changing. Yeah, it really is now. Isn't it? I guess we'll talk about that later. But do you have to go to university? These are the, with the digital age, with all these things that are happening so quick. I mean, you have. I think we mentioned this last episode. You have people becoming millionaires off of a meme cryptocurrency. Why do you need to go to university? Especially in the traditional framing of university, to go to university so you can get a good job to become rich. Yeah. You can get rich literally any other way nowadays. There's so many other ways. So do those traditional institutions Mm -hmm. still carry as much weight and power? But how about you? Mm. Like, was university for you worth the money? Was it worth the money? I feel like for me, it's a bit tricky because I didn't pay as much money as everyone else did Mm. to go to university, to be quite honest with you. And I think in that sense, it's actually super helpful. So And why? Yeah, I got a lot of scholarships and bursaries and stuff. Yeah. They but, paid for her to learn. <laughs> Come on. So for Oxford, um, I got something called the Moritz Hyman. It might be renamed now, but it's called mm. the Moritz Hyman um, scholarship. Mm. And my tuition fee was actually reduced. Mm. So instead of paying 9K a year, I paid 6K a year. Mm. And I also got a bursary of 4K per year That's in addition really to good. everything I got from student finance. Yeah. So if you're a incoming student or you are going to university or you're currently at university, definitely shop around to find like, bursaries and stuff financial support because they're really out there and universities actually do love giving help to students and they have the money and they have the money where do you think all them tuition fees are going to there you go they have the money so there there was definitely that and then when i went to harvard of course i won a full scholarship to go called the um you didn't win she earned The Kennedy Memorial Trust Scholarship, which is definitely still running. I would definitely suggest if you're interested in going to um, Harvard or if you're interested in going to any kind of like Ivy League school, have a look at the scholarship Mm. fund. Like that would not have been possible for Mm. me. I would never have been able to go to Harvard if I didn't have that scholarship. Mm. I did not have 52K to go and be spending on my tuition fee. Um, Can you imagine the tuition fee for Harvard was like more than double or triple my total tuition fee (laughs) to go to Oxford? You know what? We actually need to talk about that because the the monetization of education and the the extremes it has been taken to, especially for postgraduate courses. It's insane, especially because of privatized education, especially at the higher level. Like to be to see a master's degree going for 60 to 150k 
for a year's worth of education, yeah. two years worth of education with no guarantee of a job at the other side of this it. This is the thing. No guarantee. So it's very much, yeah. The there are issues. The privatization <laughs> of education. We'll come on to that in a little while. But in terms of was it worth the money for me, it was purely mm. because of those facts, right? Yeah. The fact that it was cheaper, the fact that I got a scholarship. So there was like, you know, ways that I could bend around and it wasn't mm. as detrimental to my pocket. So then do you was. think that education is overpriced? Yes. Mm. 100%. I think there's also something to be said about the fact that we are also leveraging really, really good institutions. Mm. The fact that we went to your Oxford, your Cambridge and Harvard and stuff like that. These actually do hold weight when you do have conversations, when you apply for jobs and stuff. It might be minimal in some instances. It might be maximal in other instances. But I cannot lie, having those kind of degrees under my belt has opened up doors that I that would never have been like possible for yeah me. the people the network um it's funny as you said like mostly the non-academic stuff were the most important yeah gains of going to university the folks that I met at university especially in an institution like Harvard as well because it is international it just stretched my thinking but more importantly stretched my network such that I could just do things that I wouldn't have dreamed of. Yeah, you get to explore. You get to explore. And the experience as well was extremely rich. Mm. So in Oxford, I definitely honed my critical thinking, academics, that kind of stuff. The kind of things that would prepare you for a very high pressure job. At Harvard, I I would say that it really changed my thinking about life, things in the world. Um, It increased my capacity to hold conversations with people that are radically different yeah radically different like some of my friends that i have in the u.s you would never think that we would be friends Mm. but i'm grateful for them because it opens a mode of thinking that is just really important when you are a human being in society because i think in Right now, where we're currently in echo chambers or around people that always are yes men, mm. right? It's really important to make sure that you actually have people that are radically different to Facts. you. Um, so yeah, I would say it was worth the money for me, but I only say that with a caveat because it was cheaper. Right, right. That's so interesting. Isn't it? I do think education is a bit over. Formal education is overpriced. It's crazy overpriced. I do, it's I crazy. do. You have to, it's a system that has to be worked. Absolutely. That's what I would say. This Formal education is a system that has to be worked if you want to make the most of it. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say if you don't go to like Ivy League, Oxbridge, that your education is wasted. That's not the case at all. Yep. Um, you just have to push yourself to do the best. And like I said, you kind of have to play the game a bit Absolutely. because it's all a little bit rigged. I won't yes. lie to you. Um, big time. So yeah, and, and strengthen, I think take from this that you need to strengthen the non-academic like if you i've said this before to friends if you go to university and all you leave with is a degree you have wasted your time you can read the books at home (laughs) you're going to pay all of this not just because you're being exposed to all these great academics and stuff like that unless you want to take it all the way to doctorate level and stuff Mm. but you've got to outline your goals right and you've got to make use of all these other factors that you're exposed to at university that will propel your future your network extracurricular activities the ability to make impact um don't go to university and just you know be 
kind of to yourself. That was one of the biggest mistakes mm. I made when I got to university. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just going to keep my head down. I'm going to focus on my books. And it wasn't until I started speaking out about my opinions. Yeah. I started to look for ways that I could help improve things at my university, things that I was passionate about and displaying that, creating all these different, you know, I've got student loan money. Let me, you know, start a YouTube channel, buy yeah. some equipment, all of that stuff. Yeah. That's what was actually helping me. And now, I mean, I've, no, I've been doing all of this stuff full time since. So it's, it's, I leveraged that whilst I was at university and I mm-hmm. used that to kind of kickstart me into what I wanted to be doing at the end of it. So mm-hmm. set out your goals even before university. And if you don't know what your goals are, and you don't want to think that far ahead, that yeah. is completely fine. Make the most of the experience in its fullness. 100%. I think that's such a beautiful segue into what... what segue is back. I was about to say... <laughs> it's been a minute. It's been a minute, but she's back. She's back with a vengeance. We've been a segue today. A segueing. Oh, segueing. Segueing. We are not serious We're people not serious, at all. Even a little bit. Um, segueing into... Yeah. Um, our university experience. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a bit about your university experience mm. and what you would have done differently, especially for our university babes. We have heard you. Yeah. You've been in the DMs. <laughs> You've been in the emails. We've heard you. We're answering. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, we are. We are. I Okay, so my university experience was overall positive. Like, yeah. that's what I usually say. Like, it was a positive experience. Mm-hmm. Um, In the beginning, I struggled. I struggled because I, like I said, I kept my head down and I I felt so out of place in the beginning and I was still getting over so much imposter syndrome throughout Mm -hmm. my degree that it, it stopped me from really maximizing what was around me and what I was being exposed to and the opportunities that were there because... But one thing I would definitely say I loved about my university experience, it was the first time I was exposed to the a new way of thinking. And I started to realize in meeting new people, different levels of wealth, different levels of like background and status, different, you'll be talking to somebody and you ain't even know their parent is like the head of the so-and-so company you've been seeing on the news. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And, and, and that level, it started to make me deep, like, and starting to make me realize there's so much more than what I've known Mm. for my entire life, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. That is actually accessible and reachable now because I'm in these spaces. I was being exposed to different ways of thinking. And I think one thing that's interesting is once you become exposed to an idea and you see somebody who has done it or is living it um, in terms of earning a certain amount, like people who would be like, yeah, apply for this job. It's, you know, it pays from starting role 50K. And you're like, 50K? my parents don't even make 50K together. Combined, can you So <laughs> what do you mean 50K? Like, this is insane. Yeah. And now you're in a space where that's actually reachable. And you start to think to yourself, oh, my days. Like, this is a new world. And I think that that's what university I was so thankful for because it mm. started to make me think, why not? Mm. Like, actually, why not? Like, why not? Let's go for it. <laughs> Let's actually go for it. For, Let's the, do it. for these big things, which I, I think are, I think that is one of the biggest, the exposure to new ideas mm, and mm-hmm. and the expansion of your world and your worldview and, and what you be- believe is possible is actually really important, especially mm. when you're young. You enter into university, you may be 18, 19 years old, um, usually. And 
it starts to make you think, oh, so what could my future be like and mm. stuff like that? So that I think that was one of the biggest things that I loved about it from my experience. I wish I had just clocked onto that earlier because I only really started to do that in my third year. Um, by that time, that was my final year, yeah. you know. Um, what would I have done differently? Exactly that. Um, and it's not that I didn't get a first class. You got a first class. I got a high two one. But I would have. I think I would have. Would I have pushed myself to get a first class? I don't think I regret it. Mm. I don't think I regret it because I think. Whilst people are hammering on at me, like get a first class. I think I knew I don't really want to pursue academia. Mm -hmm. It's not that important to me but I felt the pressure and I would often beat myself up I wish what I did differently earlier at university was outline my goals and not give into the pressure of everyone else Mm -hmm. like your parents have expectations of you when you go to university you're you're you think you're representing all black people you think you're representing people from work class backgrounds you think you're representing people from your school and now all of this stuff is in your mind and you're thinking so many expectations i need to live up to that you forget to outline your goals for your specific journey and and letting that be your main focus rather than like okay you went to university and you didn't get a first class you must be so disappointed well actually mm. i left with work experience a platform a business money in the bank absolutely money in the bank you know if i s- sacrifice the grade yeah and <laughs> you know to, that's not important to me mm. but if your goal is no i want to be able to do a master's and i want to be able to go to phd level the first class really matters so that's what you should focus really on matters. but it didn't matter for me because mm. that wasn't my plan so i wish i had outlined my goals and my plan and stuck to that mm. rather than give trying to beat myself up to conform into other people's expectations especially yeah. in such a high pressure time of my life i love that but what about you I love that so, so much, Courtney. Um, I think similar in the sense of leveraging university better mm, earlier. Mm. I think for me, I was forced into doing it in second year anyways. Yeah. Because, um, second year was when I really threw myself at extracurricular stuff. Yeah, that's true, that actually. Yeah. Exactly. Societies, um, access work. Yeah, do you we know were, how funny we were doing? We were the- all in it. <laughs> We were doing the exact same thing at different Do you know how cities. crazy that was? Um, me and Courtney were both ACS president at the same yeah. time. Yeah, having like doing access work, <laughs> conferences, sponsorship deals. We were having to do it all. Ooh, the yeah. tears that were shed in second year. But we had each other to cry on. This is the thing. That was, that was so special. But yeah, my first year, I kind of like shied away from doing a lot of stuff because mm. of the whole belief that, you know, I was different. Mm. And like, I stood out like the chocolate chip in the cookie. That was my favorite Yeah, was mine was the pepper and the salt. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ooh, just a bit of heat there. <laughs> and not understanding that my difference wasn't a disadvantage, mm. but actually leverage. Mm. And it was only my second year that I began to use that to my advantage yeah. because being in a societal position like ACS president, you yeah. are always visible. Yes. You Hyper are always visible. visible. You are always the one they come to for comments. You are the one that's behind all of the organizing. Not, of we were 19 and just on the news. You would just get like, oh, so this is BBC Radio One. We just want you to hop on this, just right. to comment on this. And we're also going to be having this local politician. And you're thinking, I have an essay due tomorrow. <laughs> this is the- Last week I was eating six things and chips. 
why am I talking next to this <sighs> political representative Life on the television? Life comes at you so fast. They will be asking, listen, if it's one thing that it taught us how to, what to do, yeah. it was articulate ourselves very yes. well and very quickly. And know what you believe in. You have in. to, you have to, because people will pick you to yeah. shreds. Yeah. Not even just in those situations, but even in university in general. The yes. fact that um, for us going to Cambridge and Oxford, we had tutorials, which meant that we had to defend ourselves and our essays yeah. on a weekly basis. Yeah. So if you don't know how to articulate yourself, by God, yeah. by the end of first year, you will. Yeah, <laughs> tutorial, you supervision, will. seminars, you that. have to know what you're talking about. Absolutely. And I think that for a lot of folks that are in university right now, it can seem like a chore going to lectures and stuff like that. But I would definitely say, make sure that you leverage those opportunities, mm. even academically, to actually argue, to engage with all of these kind of things, yeah. because these will help you later down the line. So it good. may not be the exact same subject or the exact same thing that you're doing, but make sure that you actually leverage these opportunities to yeah. defend yourself, to articulate yourself. It's super, super important. Um, and then also get involved in other things beyond your degree. Mm. When I first came to, the funny thing is, it was when I stopped focusing so hard on my degree that I really flourished. Mm. I was so, in my first year, I was focused on the degree. I was yeah. like, I came here for the degree. I'm generational yeah. curse breaker. <laughs> and after like mock exams at the end of the year, yeah. I just scraped a two one. Scraped by my neck. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, nah, this is like the ghetto. Yeah. And then my second year, I was like, something is not working. Let me do all of these crazy things. I did ACS president. I joined like drama society, mm. um, women in business, all sorts of like mad things. And it was by my third year that I was like, I'm starting to manage my time better. Yes. I'm starting to enjoy my time yeah. here. I'm starting to meet some really cool people. Um, that by my third year, I was kind of like, okay. Yeah. Um, you know What's how to my, work smart. Absolutely. I've learned how to work smart. Um, so being able to take all of those learnings and really manifest it in my third year. Now for me, because I had decided shotgun that I was going <laughs> to do a master's yeah. degree, that meant that my academic um, profile meant a lot more. Yeah. And currently I was going off the fact that I had scraped a 2-1 in first mm. year because we didn't do mock exams in, my, in our second year. So definitely resonate with what you were saying. Outline your goals because that will determine the trajectory of your academic career yeah for me i'm going for a master's at the time i was undecided about a phd it's yeah. on the cards still but i definitely was like if i'm doing a master's and i want to do it at harvard i need to get yes yeah, 100 absolutely 100 um and the thing about the environments we were in is it can be very 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 pressured um and i'm sure i'm sure a lot of you are going through that right now or rather the opposite. You mm. might feel that there's pressure, but you're not really feeling it yeah. because of the pandemic or because of the way that, you know, um, education has been restructured yeah. during this time. Outline your goals. What do you want from yourself at the end of yeah. university? What does the end goal look like? For me, when it came to um, like revising and all that kind of good stuff, and we can, I guess, expand in like our uh, mailing list and yeah, stuff definitely. like that with all of the resources and tips and all that good stuff. When it came to my third year, I was very much like, I need to get X amount in, you know, these exams in order to, you know, share my transcript with Harvard. Yeah. Um, and that became my goal. You need to outline your goal and you need to be very practical and intentional about how you're going to get from A to B. So for me to get X whatever in this exam, I needed to revise this many hours. I needed to go over this content. Yeah. It just needs to be super practical. 
everybody will tell you the most fancy and colorful way to revise. And this is a foolproof method of getting 100% in your exams. You cannot skirt around doing the work and you cannot skirt around having a practical plan that works for yourself. Yeah, works for you. You in your uniqueness. You. Yeah. Absolutely you. So that's something um, that I would recommend. And then touching on my master's briefly, because there might be a few of you that are, um, you know, you've graduated a mm. while ago, you're thinking about doing a master's or, you know, any kind of postgraduate qualification. First of all, you need to figure out what is the opportunity cost? Yeah. Will this benefit me or will this cripple me? Yeah. Because some people are doing up postgraduate courses and is rich coming from me. Some people are doing postgraduate courses that they don't need to do. Mm. So for example, you might see a lot of people thinking, oh, I want to own a business or start a business. I'll do an MBA. You, you don't, don't need, need to it. Do that. You, don't. you don't need it. You will, <laughs> you will put yourself in debt. You yeah. don't need to. You know what's so funny? I find that MBAs are, are kind of for people who want to get to like C-suite level mm. in like a company rather than maybe founders yeah. Yeah. per se, or like people who have worked before mm-hmm. and maybe now they want to found something else but they're not even leveraging their education they're there to leverage the network this is it the prestige 100%. and the funding opportunities 100%. oftentimes if you go to business departments um in business schools in at a university that's what they'll tell you they're absolutely there and you know why because their company pays for it but you want to go and take out 150 grand what just know like you said opportunity cost what are you getting for the money you're paying and what do you actually need absolutely and also leverage existing opportunities if you want to do a postgraduate course go and find funders and funding it's okay let somebody else pay for you i love that (laughs) it's great you are worthy yeah okay you are worthy of somebody paying for your place if you have if you believe that you're actually going to have impact, and that's part of the reason why when I was speaking to like some of the folks at the Kennedy Memorial Trust, love them up, shout out to all of my cohort. Like they supported me so, so much throughout my journey at Harvard. They genuinely see you as an investment. Right. And they put money in you because they believe that you're going to go out and do some really good and cool, interesting stuff in the world. Yes. If you believe that of yourself, then why are you not allowing other people to believe that of you? you. So I would definitely say in terms of like my recommendations, I would say make sure you scout out for opportunities and do it early as soon as possible. I think the only thing that I would have done differently academically is do a lot of the things that I ended up doing earlier. Mm. Do it earlier. I wish there had been somebody that told me that to, you know, apply to Harvard earlier because I applied like maybe two weeks to the deadline. It was the most stress. (laughs) And we were doing finals at the time of applications. I was just like, let me not come and die. Um, So yeah, that's what I would say. Um, But yeah, we'll definitely put some tips and tricks in our mailing list. So watch out for that. But pivoting the conversation a Mm -hmm. little bit to talk a bit more about education more broadly. Now, there's so much controversy around women in education generally. Um, we've touched on it insofar as, you know, um, desirability of the educated babe and (laughs) the boss babe. There's there's so much content around like women that want to get educated. Yeah. Yeah. To be a quote unquote boss babe. Yeah. Do you need formal education? No, not at all. Explain. Not at all. You don't, why, you, no. Like. (laughs) (laughs) She was a friend and she said no. No, you don't have to, 
there's the respect like there's respectability politics right yeah people f- may find women who've gone to formal education gone through formal education sorry more respectable because yeah. they've got all these names behind them these certificates you've been educated you know and it's been stamped by a certificate but there are other women who prove I've self-learned, I've self-taught, I've had to cultivate probably even more discipline because I wasn't in the rigid structure of a formal education system. And yet here are the fruits to prove for it. Here are the results to prove for it. Real life experience. Those are the real boss babes. Like those are the real leading women, you know? And leadership isn't something that you can really learn Mm. academically. Mm. You know, it's something Mm. that comes through life experience. It comes through self-development. And- where a lot of women cultivate that independently yeah. through these alternative means of education, which are not formal. And I think that that's a really important thing to emphasize. Like just because you want to make strides in your career or you want to start a company, like we were just saying, you don't have to go back to university. Mm. Um, and I really think the people that need to go to university, the lawyers and the doctors, even the bankers, you can learn that some, you can learn that independently. Like I feel like you don't, Obviously, some people are going to be like, what? Mm -hmm. But I I genuinely, unless you want to be an academic professional, like an academic expert in your field, and the way the university system or the formal education system is run allows you to do that and get that expert knowledge, Mm -hmm. then that's great. But actually, a lot of us are not looking to be experts. We're looking to just get enough information to then go and do but if you're in a situation where you've already got a lot of information through, you know, other forms of education, just go and do. That's all you need. The proof is in the pudding. Mm-hmm. Were you able to perform? A lot of us are showing through life. We are. We're starting the businesses. We're starting the projects. We're doing the initiatives. We're doing the social activism mm. without the university degrees in mm. those things. Mm-hmm. Purely out of passion. Purely out of talent that has been nurtured. So I don't think you need to be, uh, I don't think in order to be a boss babe, you must be formally educated at all. Mm. And it depends what you're trying to be a boss babe in. Like, yeah. that's what I said. If you're trying to get a doctorate, of course, you got to, if you're trying to have that doctor before your name, you've got to go. But if you're just trying to create, you know, a, a, comp- a unicorn company, yeah. you don't. Yeah, you don't, you don't. Unless it, it's the leverage you need. Mm. If, if you're actively being kept out of the next stage of your success plan because you lack a formal education, then cool, go and get one. But if that's not the case, do everything you can to not have to pay that money. That's what this I say. This is true, this is true. I think to be a boss babe, you need education, but not a formal education. Nope. And I think... There's so much hype around formal education, yeah, which is institutionalized education. It's respectability. That is, it's politics. respectability politics. It literally is, and that's not to downplay the fact that we have actively been privileged to access what we have access 100%. to. Hundred percent. But there are definitely other ways in to being a boss, um, depending on what you like choose to do. Yeah, and that's where the research comes in. There's a lot of alternative. Not even just within like formal education. A lot of us just think university. Mm. There's also apprenticeships. There's also vocational training. 100%. There's all sorts of things that you can do as a route into what you want yeah. to do. And then there's self-paced learning. And there's self-paced yeah. learning, which is great and free for the most part. Or most like part. A lot. Very cheap. Absolutely. <laughs> so I think it's just, yeah, I definitely agree. It's just very much about being intentional about your own education and mm. choosing the type of education that's right for where you want to make boss moves in spot on um but now that we've spoken a bit about you know the boss babes and formal education 
Do you think that education is important for women? And what do you see its utility for women across the world? Oh, education is important. Yeah. (laughs) And that will never change. (laughs) Education of any kind. I genuinely believe, and I I was seeing this uh, talked about recently. Mm -hmm. When you educate women and when you give them access to a formal education, you actually better the nation. Like you actually better the economy, you better society, you better families. The world becomes stronger and better when women are educated, right? The stats are out there. Go and learn about it. Life chances are improved across the board when women are educated. Mm -hmm. And whilst we can sit here, you know, in Western, like what exactly what you said, we've privileged from formal education, right? We can sit here and be like, ah, education, like don't bother with it because, you know, you could, there's the internet, you could become like this crypto queen, whatever. Yeah. There are women across the world who don't have that. And education is their only way out of their situation. I think that that is a really important thing to emphasize when we are talking about formal education. It is necessary. It is so important. Um, And people should not be held back from being formally educated just because they are a woman. If there are resource issues, we should actually create initiatives that allow young women, young girls to be educated and not, you know, not allow poverty, for example, Mm. to hold them back from that. Because like we said at the beginning, it's a huge mode of social mobility, you know, in order to maybe get into a a new level of job, um, be able to be hired as something or to even start your own business or something like that, you are going to need a certain level of education, informal or formal, Mm. but you need access to that. And we've done a lot of work um, in university and now outside of university related to access to education for young working class ethnic minority students and it's because we know the value of it so for women like the utility of education for me will always be about social mobility it will always be about improving life chances Mm -hmm. it will also be about autonomy and power you can easily be manipulated when you don't have education because you don't know how to decipher things for yourself everything is dictated to you and I think being exposed to education and taking it seriously and allowing yourself to go through that process and and being allowed Mm. to go through that through that process of formal or informal education allows for you like you were saying to shape your own opinions and not let other people dictate to you what the world should be for you and what the world should look like for you and I think that that's what one of that is one of the major um values of education for modern day women Mm -hmm. the world shouldn't be dictated to you by someone else's lens you should actually form your own understanding your own perceptions and your own way of critically assessing what's happening around you Mm. what's happening globally especially with the things that will affect you as a woman yeah yeah what about you i think you summed it up perfectly actually and so far as yeah, just everything. That you <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. Uh, cut the cameras. Dead ass. Dead ass. Dead ass. <laughs> but no, this is something that's especially close to my heart because mm. this was obviously my major um, in my master's. Yeah. We are very much privileged as women in the West. Even that, we don't have too much time to go into that, but there are some problems when we start talking about the idea of development and progress and the fact that the West is always seen as the beacon of the progress. Standard. The standard. The leaders. The um, global North. Um, but that's for another day. 
Yeah. However, in terms of access to education, yeah. access to the tools that will allow women to form critical thought, I think it's doubly important because we live in a world where for the large part, large parts of the world are governed by patriarchy. Yeah. There are obviously matriarchies and other, you yeah. know, decentralized policies and stuff like that, but in a global society that has been for the most part um what's the word? What is the word? In a global society that has been impacted by patriarchy, yeah. it is very important that we make sure that women are given the tools needed to dismantle, first mm. of all, and then actively rebuild. Yes. Because we we can't ignore the fact that a lot of the education that we receive can be used as useful political means, right? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah I yeah. love what you were saying about the fact that, you know, it's important for women to not have the world dictated to them. Yes. So... Ensuring that women actually have the tools needed to dismantle that and then mm. actively rebuild is top of the agenda. 100%. And this access, it very much is, what's the word? It's spread across the world, right? Some people have more access than, yeah, others. than others. And I think that what I love about like our community yeah. to my sisters, and it's something that we repeat all the time. This is not a community where we are telling you what to think. Yeah. We tell you what we think yeah. and we encourage you to form your own opinions. So even that, like this is part of our wider um, attempt yeah. to really start rolling out education yeah. that allows women to develop critical thinking yeah and that's really it for me i think critical thinking is just it's so so important oh, i think there's baseline lost. like everyone should have access to baseline civic yeah um, education yeah. so like just understanding you know society in general yeah. but then critical thinking how do you come to form an opinion how do you come to think about the world yeah. how do you come to think about people and yeah. most importantly and why yes oh, why i love what you said dismantle and rebuild because I think it, it's so easy to just, as women, have to accept what you're told, the fact that society is this way, um, and not know that actually there are tools out there that you can possess, 100%. Um, and you should be allowed to possess, as, to be honest, a human right, mm -hmm. to be able to construct a new reality in mm -hmm. some sense and and actually find out what the truth is through your own opinion mm -hmm. so dismantle and rebuild 100 percent, and i love what you were saying about the link between power and education yeah because you know let's actually talk about it why is it that educated women are always seen as a threat oh why because they can't be controlled absolutely yeah all of a sudden the educated woman is the the beast that can't yeah. be put down all yeah. of a sudden the educated woman is trying to be more like a man it's emancipation it's a, absolutely all of a sudden the you know the educated women will not want to stay and look be domesticated and yeah. look after the family some will and yeah. some won't why so, is that a problem this is it and it's because you you want to control you want to dictate you education allows you to choose and i think that that's the power and the autonomy that mm. we are talking about because there will be women who are educated and through their education and through their new tools of thinking critical thinking they will reach the conclusion that yeah. i actually do want to stay at home yeah. like and and be a housewife or the opposite i don't i'm not made for that both are equally as valid. The one thing that shouldn't happen in society is women being dictated to what the the role they should play is. And I think that that's, hopefully we all know that by now, hopefully. You'd be surprised. <laughs> You'd be surprised. It'd still be coming up, you know, don't, you know, what's the word? Uh, 
try not to sound too intellectual, too yeah. educated. Don't challenge. Yeah, don't, don't be intimidating. Don't be intimidating. Don't be overpowering. Don't be overbearing. Yeah. yeah. But if the the world needs your way of thinking. Absolutely. The world needs um, whatever talents and whatever gifts and whatever uh, strengths that you have and opinions you have for impact. Like mm. you're saying, it's about impact. What impact are you going to have on the world, on your society, in your society, in your community? Um, and that won't happen if you're silent. And oftentimes it's easy to stay silent when you do not feel confident that your opinion matters or that it has been... Um, developed well enough I don't mm. feel as educated as everybody mm. else and I think one thing that education gives you which is actually really vital is confidence yeah it gives you confidence to know even though I I might be wrong I think this this is how I think and I I feel like I'm in an education puts you in an environment where people are constantly asking you what do you think yeah. voice it out like you're saying about mm-hmm. supervisions and um, tutorials and things like that where you have to even essays this is what I think and you have to learn yeah. to be confident education does bring a certain level of confidence um that women need a hundred percent a hundred percent and I think a balance does need to be maintained mm. because I have definitely seen both on social media, but in person where someone thinks that they are qualified just because they're educated. Mm, it's the arrogance of it. There's very much a distinction. Not everybody is qualified to talk on certain topics. Yeah. I don't care if you have a, like five degrees from six, <laughs> six institutions. I don't care. I think that, yeah, there's one thing to have confidence, but be careful that it does not lead to arrogance. Um, and don't think that because you have access to certain tools to articulate yes. yourself that your point is more valid this than somebody is it. else's. Because somebody it. will try and spin you online in an intellectual manner using all sorts of, um, what do you call it? Unnecessary Jargon everywhere. Everywhere. And it's like, you can't even understand what you're saying. But because you think it sounds articulate, you've come to do intellectual And you're weaponizing it. Exactly. And that's, I think, one of my biggest issues about it. When mm. you're at university, um, or, or when not even when you're at, in university, when you're in certain academic spaces, having academic conversations, or yeah. even conversations particularly about political and social issues, people will, like you said, they bring out all the, all the words. All of it starts coming into play. And they're using it to make you sound stupid. Do you get what I mean? Absolutely. And sound make them sound like a subject expert. And I often used to find that people would, for example, be talking about working class people. Yeah. They'll say all these things. And when it comes to listening to other people's lived experiences and what they're saying, they think because they've learned the they've learned the theory that they can explain your lived lived experience better than you can. Yeah. Because they're using better language than you are. And the thing is about education is, yes, it gives you the tools that allow you to have power and autonomy in your own life. But it doesn't give you power and autonomy over other people because then you become of a you become a part, an active um, member in a system which isn't fair. And that has actually led to a lot of women being disenfranchised, Mm -hmm. a lot of women Mm -hmm. being um, kept out of universities, a lot of women being kept out of education. And you don't want to partake in that. If you're trying to be a part of the difference, do not use those same weapons against people. Absolutely. Oh, I think it's um, Audre Lorde, the quote. Um, You cannot use the master's tool to dismantle the master's house. Absolutely. Careful. Listen, you must dismantle, not replace. Some of us have got the two confused. We're dismantling here. We're not replacing. 
Mm-mm-mm. We're <laughs> just reproducing. We can't do that. But to wrap up the conversation yeah. a little bit, thinking about alternative routes to education and yeah. reimagining education of the future for women. Yeah. What are some ways that women can invest in their education at whatever stage of life they're at? Yeah. Um, and what does that look like for them practically? That is so cool. Um, I think, like you, you mentioned a few, apprenticeships and vocational schemes or whatever forms of education training programs and academies wherever you are in the world. Mm. But I think also that self-education that can be done, right? The access to books, online courses, you know, using, buying books, you know, but listening to audio books or uh, the podcasts that are available, YouTube videos, the amount of education on there is crazy. But also other alternative platforms, Udemy, Skillshare, um, all these things like Mm. Coursera, I think is another one. Like all these other things, even if you want to learn a language, learn Duolingo, use Duolingo, something like that. Things that allow you to expand your horizons Mm -hmm. a lot because of the digital and technological era, a lot has been done in those spaces. EdTech is out there and it's accessible to everybody as long as you're looking for it. And I think that that's a a thing. Actively go out and look for it. Be active in your pursuit of education. Mm. Um, And it doesn't have to be formal. And a lot of times these alternatives are so much better because they're so much cheaper, but they also rely on you being extremely disciplined and putting to use that which you learn. Um, And this is not just, you know, reading loads of self-help stuff, because I think sometimes we do it to dupe ourselves into thinking we're being productive. That's not, it actually learn subject specific stuff actually research um like google scholar is something that i love all the time if i want to read a quick pdf a quick article into research so that i have just an expanded amount of knowledge and another thing i love about the internet is there's a lot of collective information Mm. so you can read a blog post where someone has already read the original stuff and is putting together and it's basically opinion pieces and you can use all of that don't get stuck in echo chambers echo chambers but you can use all of that Mm. to form your own opinion critically um i think that that's some of the most that is one of the most beautiful things about the internet it's the decentralization of information Mm. anyone can access information you just got to search for it google is your best friend I'll just keep it that simple. How about you? Oh, Courtney, I think you've summarized it so well. I don't even know if I have anything to add to that. Um, Utilize the internet. You heard her, guys. Like, actually, you You got it at your disposal. YouTube. Do you know how many things I've picked up from YouTube? What? Too many things. The infographic show. You love TED Education. Like, there's so much information on youtube so many podcasts so people have put the content out there soak it up create time for that and i think wow this is really your time to talk (laughs) i'm screaming entirely no 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 but i was living for especially (laughs) infographics i I had a moment there because i don't think you understand how much random information i've soaked up from just the infographics show quotes random random facts facts that you don't need to know but will help you in a pub quiz yeah Um, but yeah no definitely use the internet if you have access to it and also use other people if there are folks in your community that are particularly knowledgeable about something you're interested in 
hit them up. Yeah, there are so many folks in my like community that are interested in money, yeah. investing, content creation, all of that stuff. It's always worth just being a humble and going, hey, I see that you are doing really well in yeah. XYZ. I'd love to have a conversation with you. Spot on. And yeah, get to learning. Understanding that learning is something that's ongoing and that there's so many resources that you can tap into is literally the most important skill that you can have 100%. in like forever. 100%. The ability to learn and being teachable is really mm. important because it's one thing to like learn and stuff but it's also to be teachable yes. if you are somebody that can be taught yes. you will never ever lack yes. you will never yeah. lack because some never. of us are also too um, we become prideful in our journey this is it we become prideful and think that we have all the information yeah. we know all there is to know never about assume XYZ. you know it all never assume because one curveball will come and level yeah. your field so dramatically yeah. that you have to start from even square one this is it and you and you don't want to put a cap on your capacity mm. like as soon as you start to think yeah i know enough you've limited how much more you can know exactly. and i'm telling you there is so much more too out much, there so yeah. much more to know that is of benefit to you and benefit to the world because the world is constantly changing mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. constantly push yourself to always, learn more always push yourself to learn more yeah and that is that is the bottom line yeah educate yourself sis get educated let's get it what did you say get educated Cut the cameras. But yeah, no, yeah, get get educated. We've had two cut the cameras. Dead ass. One one episode. (laughs) (laughs) But no, soak up. Use as many resources to your disposal, including TMS. That's what we're here for, to get you up to scratch. (laughs) Um, And we really hope that you enjoyed that conversation. So much so that we'd love to hear your thoughts. Oh, that was nice. Education. Did you see why I did that? That was nice. (laughs) That was speed. (laughs) Well, (laughs) let me just move my bang. Or shiver me timbers and call me Joseph. (laughs) Oh, what a mess. (laughs) Okay, okay. In all seriousness, let us know what you have to say about formal and informal modes of education, as well as what is the role of education in your life? Mm. And more widely, how can education be used as a tool to liberate the sisters? Love that. You can always let us know this by adding us on Instagram at to my sisterhood, or of course, come say hi to us personally at CD Barton and at Renee Kapuku. And you can at us on Twitter. We want to hear your thoughts. Use the hashtag to my sisters or same handle at to my sisterhood. We really hope that you have enjoyed this conversation. As always, we will talk to you very soon. If you haven't already, subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And we will talk to you in our next conversation, a juicy one. As always, keep glowing and growing. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. 
every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com